Hello and welcome back, my loves. I am a day behind, but that doesn't matter. We are going to hit the ground running. I am going to make this more of a factual episode in the order of events that took place after my mother revealed to me that she was actually going to divorce my father for this fictional man she met on Instagram. First, I want to take a moment and remind you all of just how dangerous the internet can be. Anyone can be anyone, and you never know who you are talking to. This episode is going to be much darker than those before. It is going to be a little violent, and while all the language will be kept clean, the events in this episode are graphic. So with that, let's begin. We were in the car, and I was taking the first leg of the trip. She was giddy with delusion, like a kid in middle school who had a crush. By the time we had arrived to Atlanta, she had unveiled this stash of printed photos of this man and decorated every surface of the hotel room with them. This was absolutely miserable, but at least we were on the 35th floor with an entire wall of glass that had a downtown Atlanta view. I was really trying to stay positive while completely losing my mind. The next day, which was the day of the concert, I had lunch plans with one of my best friends in Georgia. And of course, she was there. She took entire advantage of being at the table with us and essentially offered myself over to my friend as if that was a plan that we had put together beforehand. I was shocked and confused and felt kind of violated. I had started to see that this was probably the craziest I had ever seen her. After that horrific embarrassment, my friend and I were actually able to part ways with her for a while, because she wanted to go up to the hotel room and talk to her man. So, I unfortunately got so drunk at the hotel bar while venting to my friend and making new friends that the rest of the night is nearly an entire blur. The only parts I genuinely remembered of the night of the concert was pretty much all that I got on camera. Because thankfully, I was filming everything that night. The next morning, I was very hungover. And sure enough, the first moment I was awake, I could see her buried in her phone, just smiling and giggling. She told me how much I drank and what happened when we were getting ready. She had me take selfies of myself and send them to this guy. 
he told her, I want to see my beautiful daughter. And she handed me a phone while I was blackout drunk and told me to take selfies. I have no recollection of this at all. But there was proof in that phone. The rest of the trip was just us packing up to go home. I was fueled off coffee and whatever road trip food we ate. My birthday was six days after we returned home from Georgia. I had huge plans that day because it was my birthday. I never did anything for my birthday anymore. And this year, with all things considered, I definitely needed a good day. So, my best friend and I finally finished a comedy skit that we had been working on. And right here is where I'm going to make a side note. My best friend and I at this point were nearly inseparable. And the night my mother and I got into Georgia, after I found out everything when she told me, I got a call from my best friend friend, and he informed me that he had been involved in a gas station shooting right next to our apartment. It was frightening and traumatizing. Not only was my whole family falling apart, and my mother was absolutely insane, but my best friend was nearly shot, and I couldn't even be there for him. So, we definitely needed a pick-me-up after all of this. So, we got some of our acting friends together, and our directing friends, and we're gonna produce the short skit for my birthday. The day kicked off, and I hadn't spoke to either of my parents, aside from an actual happy birthday text. Well, she didn't text me, but my father did, which at this point, was absolutely fine. I needed space. I needed to breathe. And I did not want to talk to her. And talking to my father was too hard. So, with all of my friends around me, we started shooting. We got about halfway through shooting, and my phone started blowing up but it was from my father's friends, which was not normal. Surprise, surprise. My mother decided to tell my father everything about her plan and what she was going to do on my birthday. If it wasn't all bad enough, I couldn't even enjoy my birthday no matter what I did. She took everything just like a narcissist does. A narcissistic person will always take everything from you and make it seem like you're wrong for being unhappy about it. I called them, and we discussed the three of us talking tomorrow as a family, so she put it. There was one day between the trip to Georgia and her telling my father on my birthday that I actually got to be alone with her at the house. I was in the area and decided to stop in and get more of an explanation at this point. Thankfully, 
I decided to record this, and I put my phone in my pocket. In this recording, she has claims of FaceTime calls with him and his captain proving that he was real, that his captain told her that she is the only woman he's ever talked about in the entire 15 years he's been serving, aside from his ex-wife. She had an answer for everything. But what she didn't have? The ability to show me any of this. A narcissist will never show you truths. Because they only speak lies when they're defending their own actions. There was no FaceTime call. There was no hunky military man. Just a very sad man behind a phone screen, twisting a narcissist mind into doing whatever they wanted. The day after my birthday, when we were all supposed to meet, that morning, she texted my father that she no longer wished to see me and would refuse to talk to me if I was there. I met up with my dad at his work site, and he was just torn to pieces. I mean, so was I, but I had never seen my father like this. After what felt like hours of talking to him about everything and starting to unravel the web of lies that she had tangled us in, my father, unfortunately, at this time was so caught up, he too thought the man in the phone was real. By the time we got to the house, my aunt was there and getting ready to leave. She looked shocked and dumbfounded. But when we looked at each other, I understood. She was not supportive, and she knew just like I did how bad this has gotten, and just how bad it can get. After she left, my mother switched to an entirely different person. Just like that, I had never seen her do that in front of my father, and that is how I knew she was gone. She wasn't being careful anymore. After an exchange of words and me laying out all of the facts of this scam and finding out she had indeed sent this man money, how this man tricked her into believing he had two daughters of the ages five and seven who were in a Catholic all-girls boarding school and they needed Steam gift cards and eBay gift cards so that they could play their consoles in their rooms at night. Let that one sink in. So after calling all of this out, my mother hissed that she was no longer my mother, and I am not her daughter. Within what felt like the blink of an eye, 
She was walking towards me, crying, acting like she was going to storm out of the room. But at the very last second, she lunged towards me, grabbing my face, shoving me into the window doors that she had made to keep the lights out of the dining room. My nose had been deeply bruised, and my cheek and lips were very torn up. Within seconds of this even happening, my father was able to pull her off of me. I went to the cops. I reported her. And I could have had her arrested. But I knew that it was still too soon, and my father would have just bailed her out. Not even five days after this, she started acting hysterical in the middle of the night. My father told me she was running around the house talking nonsense about missing this man and how she can't be without him, so she has to go work out. And she stormed off to the gym at 1 a.m. My dad was noticing just how bad the behavior was getting, and thankfully he hid her gun. Because the moment she came home started searching the house, and asked where her gun was. I got a call around 4 a.m. from him saying she attacked him and left the house. Apparently, after she found out that her gun had been hid, she started trying to leave again. And when he tried to stop her, she bit into his neck and said she would shoot him if he ever touched her again. It was chaos. I was rushing to my father's house by 5 a.m. and more cops. Cops, my father, and now an erratic mother who is God knows where. By the time she decided to come back, we had two officers there. One for us, and one for her, only so she could be escorted around to get her things away from us. This was the most painful two weeks of my life at this point. I had barely slept, eaten, worked, and I had no money. She wasn't completely gone yet. She still stayed there at the house when she burned another bridge at wherever she was staying. So, my dad put me and my best friend up to the task of going into the room where all of her things were and finding all the evidence we could about this. So, one night, when no one was home, my best friend and I got to go in And we ended up finding over $3,500 worth of receipts for these gaming gift cards that were all electronically sent. We found notebooks with this man's photos plastered on the pages with little lovesick quotes like a middle schooler would. It was all so much. By the time January came around, The divorce was still being set up and was set for March. In the time between all of this, we were able to find all of the proof 
and also found the actual man who was being used in the scam. Crazy enough, this has happened to this poor guy over nine times. His photos are used in many scams, and they haven't ever been able to find out the actual source. So, they kind of just said sorry that we were being affected by this too. And we carried on. My dad was at least sure, finally, that there was no chance this man was real and that my mother was talking to an actual scammer. By this point, I had put so much distance between myself and the situation, I was barely even talking to my father. I was hurting just as much, and I needed to figure out things for myself because this was the first time in my life that I was free of her controlling anything. Unfortunately, I do not know exactly what happened to where it finally ended the scam. However, I do know that something did happen to where she caught the scammer and exposed them. The divorce was already settling, and at this time she was now telling my father she would have done this with or without the scammer. Changing her story since she couldn't hide the fact that this man wasn't real. So, of course... She was trying to deny this fact and say that this was always her plan to leave and move on. This was really the end of it. She was trying to find any place to stay with friends because nobody in the family was even allowing her on their property. She has burned nearly every bridge, and I could drag this on and on But the most I will say at this point is she burned her last bridge in March as the divorce was final. But that's when the pandemic began. So when the lockdown happened, she was staying back at the house with my father. No job, nothing to her name, just a now-divorced couch hopper insistent on leaving everything behind. She buried herself so deep that she couldn't even turn back after the scam had come to light. It is now January of 2021, and a full year has passed since the worst of it all, and she is just now moving out on her own after securing her first job in over 26 years. My father has since moved on and is ready for her to be gone entirely. I have lived a life now where I can breathe. And the only thing I have left to really deal with is truly unraveling the damage from all of these years. Learning how to heal and sharing that with you all. This isn't the end. This is just the beginning. I know we all have so much healing to do, and I am never going to stop in trying to provide a safe space for every single person who has been influenced and is here with me. 
I want to keep spreading awareness and sharing these behaviors and stories because the more we are aware and notice these things, the more power we can take away from them. We can take back our power and heal. We learn our boundaries and our limits, and I'm here to show you that even if you still have this person in your life that you have to deal with every day, that there are still things we can do to protect ourselves from the influence of a narcissist. I made the decision through all of this to never speak with my mother again. There is only one person who I know of who has even given her a chance to redeem herself. I was at least fortunate enough that my mother did something like this that made it easy to leave. Finally. Every single day I get stronger and stronger. And even on the days where I fall back down again because the memories or emotions become too overwhelming, I know that she is not in control of my life anymore. And I have to pick myself up and tell me that it's going to be okay. Because it is going to be okay. It may not feel like it right now, but it will be okay. Because we are here together. And I am here with you. Which is where I would like to end this week's episode and the story of my mother's romance scam and why I am able to produce this show. Earlier in this episode, I mentioned that we were shooting that short skit on my birthday. Well, despite everything that did happen, we did get it finished. And I encourage you, if you're at all curious and are interested in a cute little comedy skit, go to YouTube and look up Serial Killing Millennials by Director Parada. That's Director P-A-R-A-D-A, Director Parada. If you haven't already, check me out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at MMTN Podcast. That's for my mother, the narcissist podcast. I look forward to hearing from all of you and seeing all the wonderful feedback. And please stay tuned for all of the upcoming episodes. There's a lot ahead. And again, I am going to say thank you. I wouldn't be able to do these episodes without you and your support. So, until next week, breathe for me, understand it is not your fault, and lastly, let's heal together.